Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 18th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Grayson Rodriguez went yesterday, and he's going to be on the list this week. And by the way, that list is going to be coming out today. I'm flying back. My flight comes in around like 1.45 or so. So I'm going to sprint home, and at 3 p.m., I'm going to start doing the list. I know it sounds ridiculous. Like, hey, Nick, how can you do that? I'm going to do it. It needs to get done. 3 p.m. is the goal for me to start live streaming, and I'm going to burst through it for four hours. Fortunately, it's only four days of game, so hopefully there's less little adjustments to make, but you never know. Anyway, for uh, come tune in at twitch.tv slash pitcherless. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, Grace Rodriguez, five innings, four and runs, seven hits, two walks, four Ks. The last three runs of that were in the six, so a touch of careful Icarus here as uh, the first three base runners got on. They all scored. Um, in, uh, in retrospect, after the uh, after he left a bit, I believe he's allowed one before. I can't remember exactly, but who cares? Is Grayson Rodriguez really the new thing now? Is this the guy we expected at the beginning of the year? Well, a couple things to mention. One, he was throwing 101 heaters to start the game. It was really cool. There's a, something really special to actually watch, like, 101. You can feel how quick it is as it just goes straight into the glove, and it looks so much different than 96 when you really see it just straight in the middle. Very satisfying. However, it came down to about 96, 98, and you only got four whiffs on 45 fastballs yesterday, and that is, uh, that is something to remark, because I don't know if Grayson Rodriguez really has that elite fastball. I do want to say he does, but there were a lot of them that were fouled off. I mean, it is the Dodgers, and they're really good at that. Like Freeman's very scrappy, for example. I uh, it, it was just something I was noticing where this wasn't the feeling I got from like Mason Miller and Bryce Miller throwing their fastballs, maybe even Brian Wu, like a lot of really bad swings on those fastballs. And this wasn't the case with Grayson. Now, if he is throwing supreme changeups and breaking balls, maybe those fastballs become more whiff heavy. There were some really nice elevated ones. Um, he did get a really nice one, I believe, against Max Muncy. But that is a little bit of a concern, especially considering he's not going to be throwing 101. He's going to be throwing more like 96, 97 every time, right? So there is also, of course, the changeup that showed up. And if anyone has been following me since uh, the start of this year, you'll know that the number one thing with Grayson Rodriguez is that he has to get his secondaries down. It's less about the fastball. The fastball is generally just going to be effective inside the zone for the most part. It's not going to be necessarily elite, but it could be elite if he does really go upper third and he does go lower third with changeups and breaking balls. So he did a decent amount of them. There were some really nice changeups in this one, but the breaking balls returned a sub 50% strike rate between them and the changeup was down a decent amount, but there were a lot of really bad ones too. And so we're not there yet with Grayson to me. I, I see a man that is much better. He felt more confident when he was pitching. He didn't really uh, do, you know, allow too much damage. There was, I believe, a change of those taken out for a solo shot um, before the sixth inning. 
But yeah, this felt like, okay, this could work. We give him some time to really get refined some more. It's kind of what we wanted to see in April, and it was really just bad in April. Uh, so I like it, but I'm not totally sold that we're going to see it this year. Um, there's a huge, huge thing about first year for rookies is they're getting comfortable in the league, but they're not going to have the command that you want them to get. And generally coming back the next year is when you start seeing that proper development, that proper um, precision that you want to see that actually brings out the best in their stuff. So it might be a situation where I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to put Grayson Rodriguez like 41 for next year or something like that. And uh, he's not necessarily the greatest pitcher for the second half, especially with the next start, um, as he has to go against the Rays next, which is not fair. Um, so I think we still hold on and we see how that race start goes. But if I had to guess, I would say he's not going to be uh, all of a sudden having those low changeups and much better breaking balls. And the Rays are really dangerous, so don't start him there. It'll be a questionable start. Okay, for taking so long on that one, but I feel like it's a very important one with Grace Rodriguez. Jordan Lyles did really well, and we don't care. It's a birthday party. Matt Manning against Kansas City did something interesting. It was 5.2 innings of zero and runs, four hits, zero walks, and three Ks. And he did the whole Zach Gown thing of low fastballs with breaking balls underneath for a CSW around like 35% on each of those, which is kind of cool, but just three strikeouts. And I don't really know if this is actually what he was trying to do. I don't know. It's it's weird. I know it's two straight starts of zero earned runs for Matt Manning. Everyone's going to say, Nick, you got to go after him. Like, okay, if you want to take a chance against the Padres, go ahead. I don't really think that I need to do this because the way I see it is, is Matt Manning better than just a general stream right now? Or is he someone that I want to hold a roster spot on? And I don't think so. I think we're still kind of not sold that Matt Manning is just soaring, right? That's my philosophy. That's kind of how I assess these um, these lower pitchers that are doing something better. Is like, am I at that point where I would rather just hold on to Manning and not maybe get some extra specific matchups through the week? Uh, and I'm not there with Matt Manning. Zeeman Curry, it was a bullpen game. It's stupid. It's annoying. Uh, Red Sox did not. They had an opener, Bernardino, but Pavetta went after the two innings. So starting in the third, he went six innings of no-hit ball against the Athletics. Yes, the Athletics, but zero in runs, zero hits, two walks, 13 strikeouts because the slider was just so well-commanded. I normally don't see that command of the slider, but Pavetta's now, I think, done two good starts. And he, I mean, he was so good in this one. It was the Athletics, sure. But, I mean, then again, like, Pavetta kind of does this every so often. And it's the Mets, and it's kind of the Mets thing to let Teams just roll over them right now. <laughs> Sorry, Mets fans. I wish it weren't the case, but that's the case. So I don't know. Maybe Pavetta is a good dart throw. He always has been. 13 strikeouts is not going to be repeated. But that's really, really cool. Uh, Luis Severino against the Angels. You see six, six, sorry, six innings, one and run. You feel good about that, but six hits, three walks, three Ks. Yeah. The, the slider and, and cutter combined for nine whiffs, which is way better than what we've seen. I really like that they actually... Savant's acknowledging that there is a cutter and a slider. To me, it's a slider and a curveball, but whatever it is, it's better right now. But he's not quite there. And ah, he gets the Royals next, and okay, that could be good. But this is not the Luis Severino of, like, top 30 SP land quite yet. 13 was 22% CSW. So, I mean, a little intrigued, but we're not there yet. Logan Webb against the Reds got shorted because of rain. Seven innings, two and runs, four hits, zero walks, seven Ks. It's going to be, I believe, um, continued today. So uh, you might want to get some extra Giants and Reds hitters in there just for those two innings. Maybe longer because it's a tie game right now. 
But Logan Webb could have gone the entire distance here as he's just been a really steady starter for you right now. Didn't have to throw 50 changeups in this one too. Dane Dunning did well against the Rays. Seven innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, and four strikeouts, 96 pitches. I'm super happy that he did that. Good job. I still don't want to play the Dane Dunning game. You guys want to tell me exactly, if you're really in on Dane Dunning, tell me exactly the skill that he does that is very sustainable through the second half. I'm, I want to know. Show up on the stream today and tell me what that skill is. And maybe I'll be higher on Dane Dunning. But, and if you want to say, oh, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, sure. That's just not my style. Uh, I don't just go ERA and whip. I go, uh, what does the pitcher do? Is it believable? And then kind of mold it all together. That, that's me. Hi. Uh, Dane Dunning to me is like called strike sinker guy that has sometimes a good slider. And then results, sorry, relies too heavily on Babbitt where he's not really this incredible hard contact mitigator, right? So not for me, Dane Dunning. Uh, Brandon Williamson had a really good start. Uh, Shane McClanahan came back. Griffin Canning, a ridiculous outing. We're going to talk about all of those, of course, in all of today's and tomorrow's starters after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Brandon Williamson, six innings, two and runs, four hits, three walks, and three Ks, seven whiffs, 29% CSW, 98 pitches. It feels like a double bubble. That is, if you pick him up for this one, you're not really going to like it after the next one. You're going to think, wait, why do I have Brandon Williamson in my team? He's not really doing anything interesting. He doesn't have a single elite offering. Uh, he got enough outs to get through six innings, but yeah, this is not it. Shane McClanahan came back from the IL against the Rangers. And everyone was like, oh no, do we do this? He only threw 69 pitches. Yet, he went six innings with six strikeouts and two earned runs and three hits and zero walks because he's just so good. Changeup was 59% CSW. And I should mention, as a lefty against the Rangers, if you have a really good changeup, that will work because those right-handed batters um, just will absolutely die to that changeup. Uh, Griffin Canning against the Yankees, 5.2 innings, two earned runs, six hits, three walks, and 12 strikeouts against the Yankees, 20 whiffs, 38% CSW for a golden goal. 120 pitches for Griffin Kenning. He didn't get through six. 120 pitches. That is shocking to me that the Angels let him do that. Uh, I don't know if I've seen 120 pitches by anyone this year. I'm sure maybe a couple that I'm just going, whoa, that's insane. But this is Griffin Kenning. It's not like it's Scherzer or something like that. But uh, this was nice. I mean, four seamers were used mostly around the edges and everything from curveballs to changeups and, and sliders were just heavily in the zone. And that's just what Griffin Kenning did, and I love that. Uh, I mean, sure, it could be a little bit better with those breaking balls. I mean, there was a lot of them that were just kind of right over the middle of the plate. And because of those fastballs not really finding their way in the zone, he did lead to three walks. But man, 12 strikeouts, this is insane. Um, he gets the Tigers next week. We are absolutely starting Griffin Kenning there. I hope there isn't fatigue from the 120 pitches. But it is a six-man rotation out of five that might help 
as Griffin Griffin Canning Griffin Canning <laughs> might get uh, might get the benefit of that extra day's rest. Logan Gilbert against the Twins got the win, five innings, two and in runs, seven hits, one walk, five Ks. That's good. It's kind of interesting. I always talk about old skills and new skills, and the old skill hasn't returned of fastballs and splitters doing well, and the new skills of sliders and curveballs making up the difference weren't really there, and uh, that's that's typical. Um, normally, the old skills do not recover in time for the new skills to take over. Does that make sense? I, I, I explain this terribly, but I, I've said it enough. I think you guys understand. And Gilbert, yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be better the rest of the year. It's just this really strange, I think, what, six weeks for him? And something's got to click back for him, I'm sure, at some point. Um, Jesus Lazardo against the Cardinals, kind of disappointing. Four innings of two and runs, and he threw 92 pitches. It wasn't just a... Uh, you know, injury or anything like that. He just really didn't have it. Um, and I didn't really see red flags in this one that made me think like, oh no, Luzardo's just donezo. So, yeah, it's just how it is. Miles um, Michaelis on the other side of that against Miami. He, he started on Friday, but it was a shortened rain start. So he was able to go 92 pitches here, six innings, three and runs, seven hits, zero walks, three Ks. Got you the win. Great. Good stuff, Michaelis. I'm so happy for that 4.5 ERA and 1.17 whip and three Ks, but you got to win. So whatever. But yeah, this is just not something you want to chase consistently. Emmett Sheehan, to me, is a Toby with a little bit more of an opportunity. And he went against Baltimore and Camden and didn't really come through. Five innings, four in runs, five hits, three walks, two Ks. Now, he had just one out of 59 four-seamer whiffs. That's because we really shouldn't be treating that four-seamer as a four-seamer. It really should be a sinker to me because it does have a ton of lateral movement. And with that heat, uh, it was like mid-90s heat, he doesn't really have that secondary that is putting guys away yet. It could be the changeup. It could be the slider. I haven't really seen those take the next step. I do think they can, and it's a good situation in um, LA. So I still want to roster him, but it might just be a case where we just move on from Sheehan. You don't have to hold on to him. I just picked him up in the Legacy League for this start. Very disappointed in that one. And when it comes to head-to-head leagues, to me, that is like the most competitive one for standard 5x5. I was in Tau 12 teamers, but that was more points. For for 5x5, that is really my litmus test for it. And Seeing that Emmett Sheen is, yeah, you're able to drop him, but uh, he could be passed around a little bit. That's just kind of how it is at the moment with Emmett Sheehan. Mackenzie Gore, 6.1 innings, 5 and runs, 6 hits, 2 walks, and 6 strikeouts against the Cubs. He actually did a decent job of going 4 seamers elevated in this one. Just the breaking balls didn't really come through, and you don't really know what to anticipate with Gore, and I just wouldn't do it. I think we're just not going to see that from Gore until he's not on the Nationals. Drew Smiley was on the other side. Seven strikeouts, six innings, five earned runs. Eight hits, one walk because his curveball still getting hit. It, it was still it was lower, but it was still very much hittable. And he's got to really bury that pitch under the zone for him to be believable for his success. Sonny Gray had a weird start against the Mariners. 5.2 innings of five earned runs, five hits, four walks, five Ks. Lots of sweepers in this one, which is kind of cool, but the curveball's only being thrown eight times now. That used to be the pitch for Sonny Gray this year. Very strange to see, but that's just kind of what Sonny Gray does. He goes up and down, up and down. Hopefully, he can get back up for an actual valley of starts here. Paul Blackburn against the Red Sox. Okay, fine. We don't do Paul Blackburn <laughs> for a good while. 5.2 innings, 600 runs, 9 hits, 2 walks, 3 Ks. I mean, sure, there's always a chance that he can pull it off. I mean, he only just won 6 innings here, but you don't really want to do it. And then there's Quinn Priester. Uh, 5.1 innings, 700 runs, 7 hits, 2 walks, and 2 Ks. It's interesting. He throws like 92 miles per hour. Um, I, I called him a sinker baller on Twitter. I watched it. Sure, if you want to say he's a two-seamer, that's fine. I, I find them synonymous these days. Uh, but those are not overpowering pitches in 92. He's trying to get outs with those pitches. 
And then his changeup uh, went 0 for 15 CSW. Not really an exceptional pitch. He does have decent sliders and curveballs, though. And there is a chance that if he's able to get called strikes a ton on those sinkers, that he could turn into a Brady Singer light. But man, this is the Pirates. And you do not want to start guys really for the Pirates unless they're exceptional like Mitch Keller. So I'm absolutely avoiding Priester here. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have Aaron Nola, Joe Musgrove, Lucas Giolito, Mitch Keller, Bailey Ober, Brian Wu, Tarek Skubal, and Tyler Wells all going today in that auto start tier. I think it's all very, very straightforward. I know it's Nola and Musgrove at the top. And Nola being at the top is weird, but... The clear one against the Brewers, while Musgrove against the Jays, I know, but he just got his aces getting ace label. I'm feeling good about it. Let's do it. Probable start tier, Jordan Montgomery's only here because of the hamstring that he had uh, injury um, a week ago, and they might shorten him a little bit against Miami. I hope not. Could be a really good start. I wonder what Nathan Eovaldi's going to do. He's pitching at 94 miles per hour, and it's against the Rays, but I feel like if he's starting, you just kind of do it and hold your breath. Logan Allen's my stream pick of the day against the Pirates. That could actually work because he's come back. It could be um, extra adrenaline, all that good stuff. Um, it's a good situation in Pittsburgh. I think I go for it. Bryce Miller, sorry, Bryce Elder against uh, the Diamondbacks. Um, he got roughed up by the Rays, but it's been generally Vargas rule the entire year. I don't feel like that game against the Rays is, is enough to push us away, but it might be the wall being hit here against the Diamondbacks. At this point, we start him. Domingo Herman against the Angels has a really good curveball. That's really nice. And hopefully the fastball and the changeup are there. Um, despite him being a bad human, uh, questionable start here. You have Carlos Carrasco against the White Sox. Uh, that could come through. The White Sox will give in to the changeup and slider a good amount from Carrasco, but I really don't want to do that. Um, it's nice to see him at 93 plus right now with his velocity though. Taj Bradley is an absolute dart throw for strikeouts against the Rangers. Hunter Brown, I know it's in cores and he hasn't been doing well. You don't want to do that, so he's in the questionable start tier. Alec Manoa against the Padres. I did not like what I saw against the Tigers. Watch that video if you haven't seen it. It is an absolute father having disappointment in his child video. Um, the Tigers gave in to so much, a lot of full counts, all this kind of stuff. Alec Manoa is not there. Um, Edward Cabrera against the Cardinals. Really cool to see him back. Is he going to be the man we want him to be? I don't know. Still ill. Uh, you have Patrick Sandoval against the Yankees. You don't know what you're going to get there. And you have Anthony Descafati. Maybe it works against the Reds. Ugh, I hate it. Um, James Antonio against the Nationals. He had a good command last time, but I don't know what we're going to get now. Luis Medina had a really nice slider last time, but it's the Red Sox. No Devers. Um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully that slider sticks around. And Trevor Williams, I acknowledge, has is like a very desperate dart throw for like five, six innings of production against the Cubs. Do not start Daniel Lynch against the Tigers. I know it's the Tigers, but I really just don't think there's anything there with Daniel Lynch. Um, Julio Tehran against the Phillies. No, thank you. Michael Grove and Luke Weaver and Zach Davies and gets Atlanta and Noah Davis and Chris Murphy. No, thank you. Looking at the tomorrow starters, you have Luis Castillo, Shohei Otani. Hopefully the blister's okay. If he's starting, then you're fine um, with Otani. If he's not, then plan accordingly. But if the Angels say, yes, you're going to start Otani, then you go with it. Carlos Rodon is going against the Angels on the other side, and I feel like this is the start for him to be the ace that we want him to be. Through 88 pitches last time, which means he's probably going to be free to throw as many as he wants. And I'm so excited about it. Uh, Julio Urias and Camden. Um, Justin Verlander against the White Sox, sure. Sandy Alcantara against the Cardinals, yeah. Charlie Morton against the Diamondbacks. Kenta Maeda against the Mariners. Jose Barrios against the Padres. All auto-start tiers there. You have probable start of Brian Bayo against Oakland. I was tempted to put him in the all-star tier. The only thing is that the sinker and the changeup are really everything with him. He throws four seamers in there too. They're not as good. And the slider is just, uh. So just being really sinker changeup for the most part isn't so appealing to me. 
But this is a really nice start, of course, obviously. You start against the Athletics. You Darvish looks so good with his approach and his command last time. I love it so, so much. It's what I'm waiting for from Darvish for so long. It's kind of like I was just shouting, please do this, and then he just did it. It was great. It's the Jays, though. And I don't know if he's going to repeat it. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez gets the Royals. It feels relatively safe. He had a good command last time. My stream pick of the day is Christopher Sanchez against the Brewers. I think he has a really good changeup. Singer gets a lot of good outs. That's good enough for me against the Brewers. And then you have Kyle Hendricks, who did not have his changeup command last time, but I feel like that should come back against the Nationals as well. Questionable start tier. You could arguably put Aaron Savali into that probable start tier against the Pirates, but it's just not enough of a ceiling for me to really go after it. Um, But that could work there. Dean Kramer is doing really well with his four-seamer and his cutter. However, it's the Dodgers, so I don't want to do that. And Green, Graham Ashcraft, maybe he has a slider command enough getting down that he does well against the Giants. But the problem is the cutter is never good. <laughs> so even though it's coming in super hard, it's awfully hittable. Um, and I just don't want to really start Graham Ashcraft wherever I can. Um, in the do not start here, you have Colin Ray, John Gray, uh, Rich Hill. John Gray gets the raise and he just has not been in that rhythm we want to see. So I'm avoiding this one. Dookie Desant, because it's the Mets, could be just better than Verlander. That's what Schwebzy tweeted out and I thought that was hilarious. Um, you have Patrick Corbin as well. It's the Cubs, but we know that Patrick Corbin can go six innings. Ryan Yarbrough just had a good start against the Tigers, but no way. Dakota Hudson's coming back against Miami. I don't know how long they're going to let him go. Ross Stripling, same idea um, against the Reds. Is he going to go five-fold this time in Cincinnati? Look, you have Ken Waldachuk. Brian Bilak is in Coors, no way. Ryan Nelson's against Atlanta. Cooper Criswell is going to go like four innings against the Rangers, and Austin Gomber is hosting the Astros in course. No, thank you. All right, that is it. I'll be back to regular scheduled programming um, with my morning streams and videos on YouTube starting tomorrow on Wednesday. Thank you so much for putting up with me uh, in the past week as I took a vacation to see family. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bounce below and your strikeouts high.